Hello, my dear friends from Portland. This is your favorite Seattle Sounders player, Stefan Fry. And unfortunately, you're listening to the Portland Vanity Soccer Podcast. Enjoy! Portland Vanity Soccer Podcast! Welcome to episode 55, season 3, episode 11 of the Portland Vanity Soccer Podcast. The soggiest of all bottoms, which I think is something to do with uh, Greg. Uh, Greg being a power, button. I'm not sure. <laughs> am I? Am I right? Am I wrong? Uh, yeah, no, that's, I'm that's, Randy. That's correct. I'm Randy. I'm coming to you from Northeast Portland. Greg's coming to you from Northwest Portland. How's your bottom? Is it soggy? The soggiest. Okay. The soggiest of all the bottoms. Uh, and this is Jonathan coming to you from Northeast Portland. We are again without Josh because Josh went to L.A. for a couple weeks and is on his way home with his demon child right now. <laughs> yeah, this is Jack and Westland. Bobo. What's coming up in this episode? Uh, we got reader mail and feedback. We've got a bourbon review for Mark Prince metal because for some reason we're hell bent on really appealing to a niche market consisting of Mark. Um, <laughs> we've got, uh, Nashville and Seattle recaps with something that's called new and improved accountability. I'll be interested to see what that is. Uh, we're going to talk about the transfer window and we're going to talk, we're going to do our Vancouver and San Jose predictions. The only real listener feedback we got was from Steph after we, I don't know, I was about to say we called her out, but it's more like she called us out. And we're like, oh, fair. Uh, she said she ain't even mad about it. And then she sent us a link to the best Welsh bands of all time. I did not uh, source that link or see how credible it was. Did either of you guys open that link up? I didn't see it. I, I have no idea what you're talking Where about. Where did she send it? Oh, it was on Twitter. Oh, oh no, yeah. I don't fucking do Twitter. All right. Well, um, apparently, there's a list of best Welsh bands. Yeah, Jonathan's boycotting Twitter since Elon's not buying it. Yeah, I mean, I was really going with my people and Elon on that one, and I was really excited <laughs> for Trump to come back to Twitter. So I'm largely disappointed this <laughs> transaction will not take place. I'm kind of interested to see that link. I'm I'm going to check it out. The best Welsh bands. I'll share it to you. All right. Yeah, there you go, Steph. You just opened up a can of worms with Randy because all those bands, according to him, will probably suck. <laughs> according to you will probably suck because that's, yeah. that's the difference <laughs> ah, Cause it, well because it didn't didn't come out on hellcat from 1990 to 2011 or whatever you don't you don't like hellcat records no i'm just saying that it, that's why you you'll say it doesn't suck that you'll say it sucks because it didn't come out on that record I'm saying you have oh, very limited taste. I, I smell what you're cooking. No, um, cast a wider net, Jonathan. Cast a wider net. Do you know what album I started listening to again as of late is Rancid Frank Turner? Life won't wait. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love Frank Turner. If he said like "Give me a rub and tug," it wouldn't even be a question. Um, uh, the hit me him and ridgewell someone's getting pregnant um uh, but the um 
that I was going to say, what? yeah, Rancid, Life Won't Wait from the late 90s is a phenomenally good record. And if you know, like their earlier albums, they're, you know, like just general, like, you know, catchy, somewhat punk. And this this album is actually good overall music. Uh, and if you have not listened to it, then I highly recommend that you you do so. Yeah, that's a good album. Yeah, even Randy likes it. Really that. is. Uh, wow. It's like one of those hit press press play and, and walk on. Yeah, Greg, was that like Randy and me agreeing on music? Duh. Hold on, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah, farm again happening outside in my window. Really, yeah. Are sheep are sheep laying with lions outside of your window right now? Yeah. Cats, dogs uh, lying together so- in the street. It's pandemonium, y'all. Yeah, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, they're raining down sulfur. Um, it's pretty intense. The, anyway, so let's just jump right into this uh, Let's Please Mark Prince Metal section of the podcast. Beer review for Mark and literally no one else. And in his 47 paragraph message to whatever um, platform it was, uh, he asked us to talk a little bit about bourbon. And so conveniently, uh, Brianna and I just went to Kentucky this past weekend and did the bourbon trail. And what, on the bourbon trail, we went to, oh, you're going to say something, Randy. Sorry. What What is the bourbon trail? The bourbon trail is a collection of distilleries throughout uh, Kentucky, be it in downtown Louisville, as they say, which again, uh, or also there is a town there named uh, Versailles, which is spelled Versailles, <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, uh, Frankfort, Kentucky, Bardston, Kentucky. It's a collection of tons of distilleries uh, that specifically make bourbon. To note, uh, any whiskey in that is crafted in the United States that is 51% corn in the mash and it's like first run oak barrels meaning you can only use them once is a bourbon it doesn't have to be from Kentucky however okay it was invented in Kentucky so we went to Woodford Reserve Four Roses Three Boys Makers Mark Bardston Bourbon Company Heaven Hill Willett Stitzel Weller and Angels Envy I would pick Woodford Reserve for the overall experience, Mark. So if you are looking for a, like, if you're ever going to go do this trip, definitely go there. Uh, the atmosphere is really cool. It's really old um, uh, limestone, um, uh, like, built warehouses and rick houses. Very cool. Uh, Sitzel Weller was best overall for the taste of everything that we had. And then if you just want to go hang out in someone's backyard with their dogs in a farm, uh, go to Three Boys. They were all very fantastic places. Ding! And I am very happy that we did we did the trip. So Stitzel Weller is better than Woodford Reserve, taste-wise? Yeah, it's super interesting because like when you see those names, Stitzel Weller, it's multiple different brands. So... Mm-hmm. Like it, like same thing with Heaven Hill. So that's Elijah Craig. That's the old McKenna, the or the Henry McKenna. It's you know oh, what else is there? It's just so many damn things that you don't even realize is part of one single brand. So Stitzer Weller is actually their main uh, bourbon is Blade and Bow. Uh, and you're like, well, how the hell can they call themselves Weller? It's because all of those families were fucking their sister cousins multiple times, <laughs> and everyone. <laughs> is related it is crazy so the people who dare you say that about kentucky (laughs) the people who are like makers mark 
uh, one of those is a Samuels and one of those is actually from the beam family. And then they're all related to someone who was whatever. And so this other thing interesting I learned. So we didn't even go to Buffalo trace, which is like your Blanton's Weller, um, Pappy, blah, blah, blah. And, Pappy Van Winkle wasn't even a part of whatever Buffalo Trace is. They just bought the brand from hmm. Stitzel Weller. So it's super interesting how it's it's all put together. And again, someone worked somewhere else and, and blah, blah, blah. But it was a very cool trip. We used Mint Julep Tours to drive us around and take us there and book all the places. Uh, the only recommendation to anyone who might come, like, might actually go do this, Make sure you start booking this shit like three months in advance. No joke. Uh, everything is filling up like crazy. We booked three months in advance and stuff that we wanted to do was already sold out. It's become so popular that it's ridiculous. Unless you're using you go, the Mark. discount discount code PVSP to get uh, yeah. the special. <laughs> For Mint Julep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you type in mintjulep.com slash PVSP slash NordVPN, you will get a... 10% increase in price. So go ahead and, uh, and do that. Um, but, but yeah, well, so let's, uh, let's jump straight into some game reviews. Obviously we have two to talk about between Nashville, uh, and Seattle and Randy, what I was talking about with my notes saying new and improved accountability is that this is the first episode we actually have our previous predictions written down that we can now look at side by side with what we actually said was going to happen. And yeah, so accountability, which is we generally don't do that on this podcast. We say what we want when we want, and then we forget that we said it uh, and then deny that it ever happened. So uh, in this game, Nashville versus Portland, two to two tie. Uh, I watched this uh, on television as it was going down. And for our predictions, Randy, you said two, one loss. I said three to two win. Greg said the golden ticket two to two draw. And then we assumed that Josh would have said something like 14 to nothing. And so that's what we (laughs) gave him because he wasn't on the last episode. And Greg, you won, but you still suck. So tell us about that. Yeah, if I was sucking as long as I'm smarter than you. All right. (laughs) I don't know. You want me to tell you my, my scientific method on how I came up with that? I do. Uh, yeah. Uh, how I came up with that was I was going to pick two to one, but Randy went first. <laughs> that's scientific. There you go. That's, <laughs> I guess that's, that's also, fair. that's the price is right method, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nashville's they're, they're a good team. They have been a good team for a few years. They're generally defensive stalwarts, especially in Nashville. Uh, I got to tell you, when we went down two nil, I was not optimistic Oh, yeah. Uh, Me neither. Me either. We are the team to give up points in the dying embers, not win them back. Or, yeah, and recklessly, oh, gosh, we're down 2-0. We better throw all caution to the wind. And, oh, no, we're down 4-0. Yeah, it was was a surprise for me that we managed to come back. And I think that happened because they subbed in Williams at the half. Man, we are going to talk a lot about Eric Williamson today. Yeah. That man. Just... It's the game changer that we knew he always was. And now that he's, you know, kicking off the the dust and shaking off the cobwebs, uh, it looks like he is he is primed for an amazing season. And I agree, Greg and Randy, when it was down two to nothing and I'm going, oh, son of a bitch. Like, what's the point of watching this? 
And then, you know, two, not quick goals, but two goals. And I'm thinking, man, like we can, we can take this. And it almost looked like we were going to, uh, we had quite a few opportunities and that would have been crazy to, uh, squeak out a three to two win as we were bantering with each other on Facebook, uh, chat that we were all going like shit, like, well, we're all still right going into the half. And then the, uh, the, to, to be that close to being right would have been great. I would have loved to have all three points, but I'll take the tie. So, um, what do you think about the fact that they, they, Really, they weren't really pushing for the win. I didn't think that we were necessarily pushing for the win after we tied it up. Uh, yes, I, they had a whole lot of time wasting when there was still time to push for that one more goal. I'll tell you what, like, you know, we keep saying, I know, well, I keep saying a point on the road is, is a good point. Uh, Josh feels like every draw is a loss because uh, he's wrong. <laughs> Um, no, I was frustrated. Hey, West Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> I was really, really frustrated when um, uh, Ivicic didn't start. That other guy did. The oh, yeah. Name. And, Bingham. Uh, Bingham. Yeah, he's, just, Bingham. Bingham. he's just taking his time, moseying up to the ball. I'm like, don't you guys want this? Don't, don't you want three points on the road? And if we had picked that up, we'd be in fifth place right now. We'd be dead <laughs> yeah. in the middle. Here's yeah, and part of this is relates. I was really frustrated too, but then it seemed very deliberate, and then it sort of we kind of witnessed a, um, a very reserved behavior with the way that they. We'll talk about it when we talk to Seattle, but I, I think they were possibly worried about blowing it while trying to put, while trying to go for that win. And they were just like, okay, we've clawed our way back to this. Let's maintain this without giving up another goal. I, I think you're probably right. And I, so it's mature, like, it's mature, but it's boring. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't like ties on the road just because, you know, whatever you're that close to getting a win. And I didn't, like them in the beginning of the season when we weren't even winning at home. And so I'm much more willing to take a two, two tie and not risk it when we've been on a run of decent form. And uh, like, you know, I, I think Greg, you said early in the season that you're like, you know, a point on the road is, is amazing. And again, generally speaking, that's correct. However, with the way we were playing, it wasn't good enough. And that though, on the other hand, ended up being perfect. And that's, the like Randy, I think you're right. The taking the 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 sure bet, and you know we'll still attack, but also defend as well. And uh, I, and solid I two two. I gotta call bullshit on Greg, man. I'm pretty sure the last time we talked about a any, a point on the road is a good one. And is that is that good because we've had bad form or good form? And your and your opinion was that it wasn't good, and it would have been more disappointing had we had had. And we've been in good form or I remember what you're talking about. And I think that was earlier in the season when, like Jonathan said, we couldn't even win at home. Okay. So like, and I think I gave that caveat when I made that, that statement, like normally a point on the road is a good point, but right now we have nothing to be excited about. And I think for that match. And also I think for that match, was it against the galaxy when we gave up that like 90th minute equalizer? 
Po- yes. Uh, probably was the Galaxy, yeah. Yeah, that right. hurts. So anyway. Yeah. It's a little bit different when you had to claw when you're clawing your way back from being down to zero, I think. But yeah. All right. Draw okay. That feels like a win. Yeah. Yeah. I'll so take it. So is that it? We're done with with Nashville? Yeah, I don't I don't have anything else to say other than that Louisville's better than Nashville, but that's just my personal opinion. Also should be noted that Nashville I th- I don't think had won any had they not won any games at home this season? They that- had a weird statistic <laughs> like that, I think. Yeah. That was they like a everything on the road. Yeah. I don't know. We we do the journalism and the research. Do you, listeners, do your own research, okay? <laughs> Does anyone else kind of hate Dax McCarty? He's goofy looking, man. <laughs> he annoys the shit out of me. Um, I don't mind him. I just think he's goofy looking. Yeah. Good job, Portland, for trading him before he ever got a chance to put on green. Uh, yeah. oh, let's not talk about our previous mistakes. Aaron Long. <coughs> Um. Anyway, so yeah, why don't we just jump into this Seattle game and and I'm gonna shut my mouth because I was drinking on the bourbon trail as this was uh, taking place. So all I did was watch so, some highlights. Oh, and and Greg, you had to watch highlights too, didn't you? I was only able to watch the highlights. Yes, I was making sure that a very special person was having an outstanding birthday so was it a was it a lady friend greg it was a lady friend oh. Ooh. You're, you're such a sensitive partner <laughs> good for you not a fighter um well I, I watched the whole thing live um first let's talk about the ccl uh banner unfurling uh they waited they waited till we, they played us to unveil that championship banner um, they, I mean, I think it was, what was that? Like two months ago at least. Yeah. yeah they been, waited. It's they been a waited. Minute. Yeah. It wasn't like they waited like a couple games. They waited a long time to rub our noses in this. And part of me was like, Oh, that's so very, very petty and, and small. But part of me is also was like, that's, that's also kind of excellent. I, I yeah, could kind of appreciate that. I would have cheered the day had that been us. Uh, you know, like, of course you're going to wait for Seattle to come to town and unveil that shit just so you can be a dick. But, uh, I think we should also talk about the, the, the FedEx Kinko's printed TIFO for this match from the, uh, Emerald city supporters and how stupid it looked. Uh, I didn't, I didn't actually didn't get to see that. Cause I, we were, Simon had a soccer tournament and we had, he had two games that day. And so we were like rushing home to watch the game. And then we had to, I had to leave like right after kickoff to get him to his, to his game. I didn't see that. Yeah. It almost looked as bad as like a sponsored by Delta uh, type of advertisement. It was again, like that for a supporter section, that's so big. They just can't get their TIFO game anywhere close <laughs> To what Mr. Greg and team do for the for the yeah. Timbers Army, it should it, they always all their stuff always looks like it was um, done in some sort of like they purchased some vector clip art and, and blew it up. It always has the same <laughs> kind of look and feel to it. Whereas the the Timbers Army TIFO usually looks pretty organic. Um, you know, has a ha- hand drawn, and I don't mean like sloppy or whatever. I just mean it has more of a. Uh, I don't know if I, I don't want to say painterly, but it looks more crafted as opposed to slapping together some stock art and a couple couple fonts and then tracing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, the only non-text 
part of Seattle's TIFO was the FO crest. <laughs> right. Like, okay. Oh, fuck me. Yeah. 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 So excellent. Buell troll and green with. Yeah. Buell. Buell. The but excellent troll with the CCL banner unfurling awful TIFO to back it up. So the front office did a better job than the ECS. So go fuck yourselves. <laughs> I think that was a reader. We had a real, Oh no, that wasn't go fuck yourselves from, uh, what's this guy, character's name? One of our feedbacks, somebody we had, we asked listeners about what they wanted to say. And, uh, somebody said, fuck Seattle. That's what they wanted us to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I um uh oh, I'm sorry I am gonna not overtalk you Randy because you actually watched the game so tell us a bit about your review of the game. Oh um shoot I was gonna use this time to oh. look up something. <laughs> yeah wait so I, I you yeah, keep Seattle okay it's it's Murdy the bearded Murdy the bearded said to us on Reddit uh he would like us to say fuck <laughs> Seattle. So there you go. Yeah, fuck right. Seattle. Fuck him. Fuck um, so Seattle. Wait, but wait, but before you jump into it, we did not hold ourselves accountable. And so Randy, oh, yeah. the result, obviously Timbers winning three to nothing. And Randy said it would be a two, two draw. I, if I recall correctly, said it was going to be a cracker and we were going to win four to three. Uh, and Greg, who again, I think is oh, the winner yeah. in, in this scenario so. said we would win three to one. Josh's response was, is there a game this week? Is there a game? I can't, I can't read. Um, so Greg, what does it feel like to be almost uh, a human Oracle? Oh, it feels like I'm going to get some uh, free whiskey at the whiskey library next week with my friend, Jonathan. <laughs> oh, Jonathan. Who that dude sounds rad. Jonathan uh, Schmeverett. Uh, no, no prize. I felt really, I mean, I think we were already, we had like two wins and a draw when we made these predictions and I felt like our offense was coming together and Eric was starting to make more impact on games. Uh, I had faith in the offense to do what they had to do. And oh boy, did they ever, uh, I just didn't trust our back line to keep a clean sheet and I got proven wrong there. Yeah. Um, Mabiala had a pretty good game. So we didn't, it was another game. Uh, no, Tuloma didn't start again. I don't know what's going on, why he hasn't been starting lately. But um, that was interesting to me. And that was a little bit, I was worried to, to see that. Um, but Mabiala, uncharacteristically, at least in my opinion, didn't have any f- flubs. Um, and he actually had a really good game. Uh, this is kind of weird. None of you guys have seen, watched the whole thing. Um, we looked a little, we had a couple of opportunities in the beginning, like half chances. And then we had a, then there was a period where Seattle was just taking it to us. And I think they had like one go off the crossbar, um, and, and had a couple of real close ones. And then, um, we had this guy from Poland. What's his name? Jonathan, help me out here. Oh, I, I think it's, um, Robert Lewandowski. <laughs> we had a fantastic goal ding from uh <laughs> Nizgoda set up by Mr. Blanco and you, I'm sure you guys have watched the highlights, right? Oh yeah. Several times watched that that angle Beautiful. first of all fan uh, just caught myself. 
um, cr- crazy good pass, but also really hard angle to get that um, shot in. He had to, he really had to be perfect with that header, especially when you look at it from some of the other side views. He barely had, he had a real small angle to get that in, and he squeaked it right past Fry. So my favorite. I, Go ahead. I was gonna say I, I Nizgoda had the easiest job out of all of the lead up to that play and Blanco's beautiful curling pass. My favorite uh, part of that whole goal was about ten seconds before it happened. Eric Williamson, that man controls the defense like they're on puppet strings. It's incredible. Did you slide off your trousers when you watched the highlight for the second time? You know it. So he (laughs) receives the ball in our own half, and he's just being given tons of space. So he's like, okay, I'm just going to casually dribble at you until you want to come challenge me. That's exactly what he does. As soon as someone steps to him, he gives a little, you know, he breaks the line from uh, Moreno. And then somebody collapses on Moreno. So Moreno gives it right back to Williamson. Now their D-mids are out of position. So then Eric uh, chips it up to uh, Chara. And that causes the center back to have to step to Chara. That is what leaves Blanco wide open with all the time and space in the world. Like that goal was created by Eric Williamson. Mm, yeah. yeah, I like it. I mean, so go back, Williamson, and, go back and watch those highlights, Jonathan. I don't, I don't think that, I mean, I guess he's go to had one of the easier parts of that job, but he, that it's a lot harder shot than it looks like. If you, if you catch all the angles, I watched the highlights and I mean, Again, I'm just knees go to hating because now that's my reputation and I want to be consistent. <laughs> but the uh, the the Blanco pass is what makes that goal because if he doesn't hit that pass perfect, then all the work that Eric did leading up to it does nothing. Um, and, you know, knees go to, as we have discussed, is pretty clinical in front of the net when he gets an opportunity. And so you expect him to, uh, to do what he did, but again, great overall team effort. And again, it starts with Eric Williamson, just, you know, leading the charge and then Blanco making what is again, a brilliant, brilliant pass and knees go to doing what he is paid to do as a designated player. <laughs> oh, okay. Just going sure. for the jugular. Um, so they, I don't know if they showed this in the highlights, but um, the Penso, who's usually doesn't like to go to VAR, um, and he's burned us a couple times by not going to VAR and obvious things. He did the same thing. Uh, he did it with, uh, except he did it in Seattle's favor this time. Um, Van Rankin, there should have been a penalty called on him in the first half. Um, I, f- I think he took out, I can't remember which, whining flopping uh seattle player he took out ladero uh um should have been a penalty and i guess maybe they didn't call it because maybe they thought he was going down before the contact was made that's the only semi-reasonable thing that i can think of but uh penso didn't even go look at it i don't think um 
I so, watched the replay, and to me, that was probably a penalty, even if he's slightly going down beforehand. Um, but again, this is that whole argument happening now. Is like, what does clear and obvious error mean? So, well, that that's the thing. It's if Penso doesn't go, it's still no matter what the the assistant ref says, the VAR ref says. Penso does not have to take his advice. He doesn't. He can recommend you should look at this, but he doesn't have to do that. And I believe yeah. that's, he did. And then he did not sorry, look at it. Yeah, he he didn't look at this at that call. And an interesting thing is um, the guy, the VAR ref on that call, or well, the VAR ref, ref for that game is the same guy who was the red card wedding. Uh, ref, which is pretty interesting. Hmm. So you got to imagine Seattle fans are probably a right. little bit conspiracy tinfoil hat. Like, I, I, I will give them the the conspiracy tinfoil hat, and then so can we talk about the the second yellow on the Seattle player at the start of the second half? Yeah, sure. Uh, that's, that's the next thing. Yeah, to me, that did not look like a second yellow. I, I, um, I had, I I mean, I'm watching it. Yeah, I was looking at all the playbacks. I couldn't really see the contact. I thought he, I mean, I know they say there doesn't have to be contact for there to be a foul. Um, I, I saw, I mean, either way, if he had, I saw Williamson kind of jumping over him at the last minute and then and then going down. And so I guess if he hadn't jumped over him, he would have had his ankles broken. And so maybe I can see it from that point. I saw a reckless challenge, like whether there's contact or not. It was a hot, fast, and late slide from 10 yards away. <laughs> That's what happens when I eat corn chowder. <laughs> um. <laughs> Um, uh, the, I can't concentrate. I, um, I, I understand that even if there's not contact, it can be a foul, but it definitely the same type of thing. It looked like, I think it was Williamson who was on the receiving end was going down before the challenge had happened. And again, that was another non-review review of VAR, correct? No, they reviewed that one. Pretty sure they did. Randy, I thought you watched this game. Yeah, man, I can't remember. I've, I've watched. I've went to like five uh, soccer games for Simon this weekend for that tournament, which his team won. By the way, PCU champions no for shit. 07. Um, and what position does Seattle, Simon play? Uh, he mostly plays like a left or a right back. They 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 switch him over. Sometimes he plays midfield, but. Um, sometimes he'll play left wing, but it's usually left back or right back. Did he get any so, cards? He did not get any cards. No, he didn't. Does he ever uh, get cards? You know who his coach is? His coach is um, Marco Farfan's older brother. What? Yeah. He's a coach at uh, Soccer Chance Academy. Well, that's pretty freaking rad. Yeah, it is. He looks like, a, and he looks exactly like you would expect somebody Marco Farfan's older brother to look like real nice guy too. Anyway. Uh, yeah, they reviewed that. They reviewed that. 
Oh no, okay. you're well, right. I don't know that they did actually, because I, I think I'm thinking of the um, the penalty, the handball. They did review that. So man, I can't remember. Somebody, Steph, correct us. <laughs> yeah, Steph, who should probably uh, help us more often than not. Um, but no, I, I, if from the highlights that I was watching, I thought that was not reviewed, and uh, I think they can review a yellow card if it results in a red meaning like a second yellow and that can be reviewed but uh surprised it again wasn't wasn't reviewed but whatever uh this is like with any game in soccer in the var era is that you you take it when you get it and you take it when you lose it so uh, i will be happy to get some calls our way after some very egregiously poor refereeing early in the season sure Sure. And, and then, then it turned into, so that was like less than 30 seconds into the second half. He gets Reagan's gets sent off. Um, and so then it turned into what they call the game state win, which is the game has changed. You know, we won, we ended up winning three zero, but had that not have had that, had they not gone down a man, um, that probably would have been a much different score. Although, getting back to what we were talking about earlier, I thought it was very interesting that the Timbers seemed to take a very mature, but also a little bit boring tact of not trying to press for that second goal constantly. They were happy to just sit back and absorb a lot of pressure, which they did. And again, I'm waiting for you guys to chime in, but you didn't watch the game. So you'll just have to take my word for that. (laughs) Uh, uh, Greg, do you want to play Josh with me? There was a match. No, I didn't even know. (laughs) Who's Seattle? Uh, Yeah. Uh, So then I guess we'll just skip through the rest of it. So there was a handball call um, that Santiago... Uh, was taking the shot. It bounced off of, was it you knew who's or knew who I don't yeah. know how that man is still employed. He has been a liability <laughs> for years. Well, he was, and then he got real good for a while. Did and he? So, yeah, he did. Cause I remember that was a, that was a meme that I saw at one point, a few, like a year or two ago, it was like live by the new who die by the new who he had like caused them, caused them a couple games, but then he had done something really well. I don't know. Yeah. He's been, um, he's been a lot better for them lately and he's been pretty good, but, um, yeah, that was, that was a obvious handball and we got to see Santiago step up and take this, um, which one of our listeners wanted us to talk about, correct? Greg. Yep. Are we touching on that right now? Um, IR Raymaker on Reddit r slash Timbers. I would like an in-depth discussion of the penalty taker hierarchy, both for this specific game and in general. Moreno taking one against Steve Clark made sense from the standpoint of combining the best shooter with the shooter least familiar to Clark, but I'm pleasantly baffled by him taking the insurance goal on Saturday. Is Moreno a stone-cold assassin from 12 yards? Was something else going on? Damn, it was a nice spot kick, though. Whatever the logic. So so the the team members pick that. There's no, like, um, from what what I've heard, there's no, like, message from the coach that says, okay, maybe in a a penalty kick shootout, he may set the order, but um, 
in general, it's up to the team to decide who takes those and meaning the guys that are on the field at that given moment. Um, Maybe he's just super confident. Like I, I don't know enough about who our specific penalty taker is now that Valeri is gone and it's, uh, so, I mean, I feel like it could be up to anyone and if he's going to have the confidence to go up and take him, I mean, that's, that's great. Here's, here's what I think. Okay. There's two things. He took, he took the last one. All right. So he's obviously in, in good form. Right. But also you could say that Stefan Fry hasn't seen Santiago take a lot of PKs before, cause he hasn't been involved in any of those shootouts um, that we've had in the past with them. So he's still a little bit of a, a question mark for Fry. Um, also, uh, Aspria was on the field at that time. He had been subbed in already. And so I thought he was going to possibly take it, but he had taken one before, like recently, was it the Nashville game? Did he take one? Yes. Uh, I think that and, was Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't his, his MO is just to smash it as hard as he can. And he, he doesn't really do a lot with placement and, um, I believe the Nashville guy actually got a hand on it this time, but it, he was able to power Correct. it past him. It, I think it bounced off his hand, off it, hit his hand, then his shoulder, and then went in. And so maybe Aspria wasn't quite feeling it again, you know what I mean? And so maybe that's why they gave it to Santiago. Um, and then, you know, maybe they just want that kid to score goals too. Dyron's uh, knocking Seattle out of the playoffs in 2018 ended much the same way. Fry did get to it. He just, the ball was stronger than Fry's hand. Uh, also, down. that was Stephen Fry at the beginning of this episode, welcoming the listeners to Portland Vanity Soccer Podcast. We dusted that <laughs> off. <laughs> an, oldie, an oldie, but a goodie. And uh, props to Stephen Fry He's for being a good sport about that. And he donated the money to charity, right, Jonathan? That's correct. That was uh, yeah, we, from Cameo. We did. We did yeah. We did have to pay him so, to do that. He didn't do it out of the. But it was like it was like fifty bucks. It wasn't anything crazy, and it was like right when Cameo was starting to get popular, and everyone was doing it. And so he seemed uh, quite ecstatic to to help out, and again took the money for charity. Uh, same thing with Jan Vertonghen when he was playing for Spurs and we did it for a Portland Spurs member who was going through a rough patch with cancer. And uh, it was a really cool opportunity to get that. And then like I'm messaging back and forth with them and he was making jokes. And we also really liked him from the whole iron front where he was vocally supportive. And even though he obviously plays for Seattle and it's really fun to beat him three to nothing, he's a good sport. So we'll take it. Yep. I still think he recorded that spot for us while he was taking a dump because that's super echoey. He had to be in the bathroom. <laughs> yep. uh, Maybe he also had a corn muffin. <laughs> corn chowder. He, he does good art, too. I like some of his art. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Stefan Fry, for, for having fun with us. And even though you'll never listen to this. We should finish up after that penalty. Um they ended it. Uh, those guys were really pressing, trying to come come back, and um, there was another. Or who set that up, Greg? Did you on in the on I which on on uh, Espria's goal? That was a counter. It went off to Nizgoda on the right, and Nizgoda 
uh, yeah, but who, it around who had the who had the defender. secondary assist? Was that Santiago that had that secondary assist? I believe the, that is so. Go ahead and keep talking, and I'll look. Yeah, and uh, across a at an angle, I don't know. There's probably a term for that. Um, and he spotted Nisgoda. They were stra- scrambling to get back, and Espria was kind of wide open in the middle of the pitch, and uh, he. Uh, He's go to lays it off to Espria, who has a lot of time and time to take a touch before he shoots. And then you're thinking in your head, which which Espria is this? Is this 2021 Espria or is this 20 any other year Espria? And you're like, oh, God, he takes a touch and then he he, uh, Fry kind of halfway guesses it. But uh, he slots it past him and it was very delicious and uh it was sweet the way he took off his shirt again i don't know if he got a yellow for that but he had the the shirt underneath him with the picture of his dad i assume um yeah and then it was fun to see the whole bench clear out and uh mob him you are correct yeah, it was, that was Marino with a big switch to set up the yeah. assist okay. yeah good that good, was good team gold yeah when when I was watching the highlight, like clearly I knew he had scored because I could see it on the MLS app. Uh, but when you were just saying, when you see him take the touch and you're like, oh man, you just have to fire it. But he clearly realized he had enough time to, to take a touch and take a well-placed shot. And uh, I I would call that uh, Dirana Spria in between 2020 and 21. Okay, yeah. He was composed. I think 2021, he just would have belted it in and scored. And then prior to that, he would have taken a a touch and then fumbled it and taken a second touch and then shot like seven feet backwards. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's good to see both those guys get on the scoreboard again. Um, uh, I I thought I was going to be watching this with my uh, brother-in-law's family, but I had my weekends mixed up. Um, and I, I ended up watching at home. And so... He they texted us. It was recently his birthday, and his daughter made him a yellow card, um, so to hold up during games. And he had <laughs> told fun. me, I just saw him last weekend. We were there, and he had told me he was looking forward to whipping this thing out every time Char got within ten feet of the ball. And uh, sure enough, we got a we got a text with him, a picture of him brandishing his giant yellow oversized yellow card when uh, Char got his first yellow, and then. Um, strangely silent from him for the rest of the match. <laughs> I wonder why. Yeah. In general, uh, the uh, Seattle fans, Seattle, we have in the notes, the customers are, have been very salty about this loss. I've seen some good stuff on, on the Facebook and on the Twitters. Oh, who is that one dude on Cascadia Trifecta, which is the Facebook group for Portland, Vancouver, and Seattle fans? And he was complaining, saying that the Timbers weren't sportsmanlike because they were running up the score. And oh that, that was bullshit. I was like, what sport are you watching, dude? Gold differential matters. Like, what? How? How, how do you not? Ugh, I mean, whatever. I, I took this opportunity to leave so yeah, uh, Cascadia Trifecta without checking any of that stuff. Um, I thought this is a good time to, to leave the group. You know, I had unfollowed it, but I was still what? in it, and I'm like, I'm I'm out of here. But the correct response to that guy would have been, oh yeah, if that was unsportsmanship, then why Seattle's even more unsporting for refusing to lay down and die after we <laughs> scored the first yeah. goal? They should have just given up. 
Yeah, I think it was um, like that Tommy Dietrich or whatever the hell his name is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's go on. Uh, That was a good one. Salty customers. Somebody else I saw. Uh, I think it was a repost of a tweet that was like, well, thanks to Portland fans. A lot of 12 year old kids learn new cuss words today at the Seattle match. And I was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Yeah. I saw that as well. Whereas like the being offended that there was cursing at a soccer match and you're just going, dude, dude, (laughs) the real kicker of that one is they use the hashtag be best. What was that? I don't get what? that. Explain. I, I can't. I don't the get the best reference. was Melania Trump's anti-bullying. Oh God! Campaign. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! I didn't even uh, know that. Maybe is that the, must have been the same guy that operates that wackadoo billboard um, on I five on the way to Seattle with Uncle, <laughs> oh, Uncle Sam. Oh yeah, I love that one. <laughs> yeah, literally, it was made in nineteen sixty seven and yeah. still is there. When we were up there there. recently, I forget what the other side said, but the side on the way up there says, how many Americans will die, will be, no, will be left behind in Ukraine. That was what the billboard said. What? And it's, I know the best, that's the best when they were like the head scratchers where you're like, I don't, I don't understand what you're saying. Oh yeah. The other side said, um, nobody died in World War II so you could show papers to buy food. Oh and it, God, I dude. saw that too. And my first thought was like, well, I, I'm guessing you're probably a capitalist and money is literally handing over paper to buy things. Yeah. So, so but, there's your first flaw. And also, I mean, there was rationing and rationing cards in during World War II. So, yeah, but it was another head scratcher. I don't understand what I don't even know what that's a reference to. Do we are are there? Do we have to show papers to buy food now somewhere? Is that a anti-vax thing? Do we? That was my guess. Was it was about um, the yeah the COVID vaccines, but those were never checked at grocery stores. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, but hats off to that nut job <sighs> who inherited that billboard from his nut job father, and he's continuing the uh, the tradition. We'll have a link to the the Wikipedia page for that. Um, there was another meme that about uh, somebody saying like, you know, Seattle to Portland. Oh, we don't think about you at all. And a guy like surrounded by all the, you know, Seattle's trophies. I'm like, oh, well, the fact that you waited three months to unveil your teeny tiny banner about CCL means you think about us quite a bit, buddy. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I, I meant to bring that up, but yeah, totally. That's that's their thing, calling us the little brothers all the time, and they don't they have a the opposite the the inferiority comp what's the i don't know we, we i don't know what it is but yeah you're right it doesn't matter randy because they suck <laughs> fuck seattle <laughs> they had that yeah. good um somebody people seem to love the spongebob um two stick that was there Did you guys oh see my that? god that was fucking hilarious um i didn't see it it's just that you know that meme of SpongeBob looking like Quasimodo, where he's all like hunched over and his angles are all screwed up, and his face looks like a Picasso painting. Do you know that meme? Uh, no, but I can find it. Okay, it's that, and then it just says like Champions League or something, and like yeah. really messed up, hard to read font. <laughs> I laughed hysterically when I saw it. I mean, oh, that's good. It, I mean, they they want it which is fantastic. 
Shit, I just said that again. <laughs> I mean, I wish we had won it. We all desperately wish we had won it. Um, but except for Josh. Um, but yeah, that was funny. We had a tougher road to CCL than they did for sure. Uh, yeah, we and also we wouldn't have won it had we made it last year. Uh, no. So did you guys but, see the uh, Seattle Times front sp- page of the sports section? You sent that link, uh, but it, I I don't remember exactly what it said. But what was it? Well, it's a, a big picture of Reagan walking off the field after the after the second yellow, and the the big headline is who I think it's whose home pitch is this, <laughs> and then the the Ooh. bottom is like the start of like three two or three different articles, both talking about how um they just can't why can't we win at home against Portland and this is ridiculous. <laughs> so that that's a real stat which is crazy is that unbeaten in seattle since may of 2017 and that is uh that is straight up mind-blowing and it's one of those stats that you don't pay attention to or remember until a win like this after they were trying to troll and to be since 2017 that's freaking that's awesome on the yeah. flip side we have not beat them at home in the same amount of time only the away team has won. Real cool, Greg. Every way time. to beat. Way to yeah. randy that one. We haven't lost. Hey, Josh, that come on. He. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, have we? We've tied. We've drawn, haven't we? We haven't lost every single one, have we? No, I think there are a few draws. Yeah, so I know that at like... least one of those away matches was a draw. There has to be some home draws. Yeah, and and technically. The one where we knocked them out of the playoffs, they did actually win that game, but it went to PKs because of the um, aggregate. Yeah, but so it's 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 a it's a loss for them. Yeah, that's that's a crazy stat. It's meaningless, but um, it's fun to lord over them. Did you guys right, see well, the? Did you guys see the uh, the post from uh, Mabiala walking off the field with um, Tuiloma? No. It was a no. social media post. So they're, they're like yucking it up. Um, there's two versions going around. There's a little, there's one that's a little bit longer and you can't even tell what they're laughing about. But um, uh, Tui Loma is like a, like a tiny child, like giggling his head off and they're, and they're like arm in arm uh, walking off the field. And, and uh, Mabiala says something like, uh, I don't know if he mentions the CCL, but he said, we, we, we took, I don't know what he said, but he, we, we took over and got the fish and then um, we gutted the fish and a Tuilomas like any kind of fish will gut them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I, again, I, I still don't understand why Tuilomas not starting, whatever, but love the, love the banter amongst the players. Like when they get bought into the rivalry, it's so much more fun. Oh yeah, then there was the post of them in the in the uh locker room afterwards and they sort of break out into an impromptu Bella Chow uh chant, but they, they don't quite know all the words. So it's like oh, come on guys. But there's they're doing the green and gold, green and gold, they're, green and gold. You know, they're trying banging they're on the trying. lockers. Yeah. 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 But I guess they have other but, stuff to pay attention to while they're on the field. Somebody needs to send them a chant sheet, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> come on, Greg, do it. I'm I'm not uh, on membership crew. I'll tell Tyler to do it. Oh okay. Jesus Christ! I know. I get it. You're a volunteer. Moving on. 
Um, uh, that's my that's my favorite. Uh, we're volunteers. Um, so, Greg, I mean, this new section shouldn't just be called Greg, comma listener questions. This should be Greg's listener questions because yeah, be. you did some amazing uh, work and uh, have been finding the right channels to engage with people who listen to our podcast. And uh, would love for you to, to kick off this new section. We got some questions from listeners. This guy has shot us some comments or questions in the past, but not super frequently. Eric at Eric do some good on Twitter asks, are we still a team that only beats up bad teams? It's a good question, Eric. So if you're talking about the Seattle win, I don't, I, I wouldn't call Seattle a bad team. I would just say they're on a bad run of form. Obviously, if they just won CCL, they can't really be a quote-unquote bad team. If there's any type of, you know, something in their head saying when Portland comes to town, they just can't win. But uh, I, 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 I don't think we're beating just bad teams. Anyone else? They're not a bad team. They're ahead of us on points per game. They they're we're tied with points. They have maybe they have two games in hand on us, I think. One or two. So they're they're not a bad team. Um so I guess no knows the answer. My answer to that question is no. We're finding our form. I think we're finding our form and no, I think we're uh Nashville is a good team and we found a way to grind out a result. What being behind two goals so uh no eric we are not a team that only beats up bad teams however if you are a bad team i would like to beat you up but we'll probably <laughs> lose because we're the team yeah. <laughs> but uh, eat- but thank you th- i was gonna say thank you for the the question though i mean it really is like one of those things when you start to reflect looking at a team is is that really one of the reasons or then we were talking about it's like i'm saying you know the timbers are only a counter attacking team and if anyone read the the stats on the the last match, we again only had forty three percent possession. So uh, take it for what it's worth, but stuff like that where you start to reflect. So good question, Eric. Uh, I don't think I, one of those goals was a counterattacking goal on our last game. Uh, yeah, good question. Yes, As they but, say in in youth soccer, good idea, good idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll take it. Uh, E2C47 on Reddit r slash Timbers. Need for new songs, player specifics, more Coxbar, to which I replied, always more Coxbar. And he came back with, this podcast could run for mayor on that platform. (laughs) I Uh, know we cannot run for mayor because of all the things that Jonathan has said on this podcast i have the receipts i mean what town are we running for a town and mayor of a town in england or Uh, unfortunately this would probably follow me anywhere um and like i would be in malawi and be like okay i'm ready to do this and then they'd be like did you say this on a podcast in portland oregon and i'd be like yeah that's me (laughs) but i also agree uh, on the more Cox bar, big fan. And then the, also I like your question about player specifics. And we, we've discussed this on the, the pod before where I think it's actually Josh who brings this up. And it's one of his like, really good points is that uh, the chance that we have are good and effective, but very much the same chance over and over all game. And it would be more fun to get, 
uh, some player specific chants. And I do have two that I love. Uh, actually the one I talked about before was Victor Wanyama and him liking spaghetti, which is hilarious. But uh, two other Spurs ones where it was the wake me up before you go, go who needs bail when you've got Sissoko. And then the <laughs> I love Eric Dyer chant. And I put links to both of those. So if you want to pull the, the audio for it in this part of the segment, but very funny to have player specific chants and goof off. Um, and I would love to, uh, to see some for, for the Timbers. And so Challenge back to you, E2C47, if that's your real name. Uh, what's and, the last cha- um, What's the last player-specific chant we had? Was it like the shark clap cool. to, for yeah, Clark? Probably. I guess Steve. And, yeah, just saying Steve, Steve, Steve. And before Jeff, that, Jeff. it was Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Yeah, not a lot of yeah. uh, creativity there. Bill, And Bill, then before Bill. that. No, it's really creative. Um, before that, well, what did we have? There's a hey, hey Valeri. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's everybody uses that one. There's those guys in 107 that would always do something, but it was always only pre-match and it never caught on with the rest of the North. I think they, they, they had, tried uh, to do a Rock Me Armenteros for a while, Rock but that did that yeah, there was Rock, on. There was Rock Me Armenteros. There was one about Brian Fernandez uh set to the song Modern Love. Um, then we had a, a Rudy's chant. The I don't know, I don't even know what the original uh, song is. Then there's Blanco Gold to Macho Man. Uh, I don't remember that one. That's weird. Blanco, Blanco Goal. I want to see a Blanco Goal. Huh. Uh, there was Khalif, throw your hands up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Somebody get on that. Work on it. Uh, yeah. Jay Duggs on r slash Timbers. Which Timbers will make the all-star team and who have been the three best players on the team this year? Are we guaranteed a, uh, a player on the all-star team? I don't think we are, are we? No. No one's guaranteed, but I right. said the they only player that they don't deserves take it one is Bill Tuiloma. Oh, yeah, he should. Although he's been off the pitch for us for a while now. Um, yeah, I mean... Chara belongs on any all-star team. Uh, um, Will he make it this year? Probably not. Uh, And I'd like to see two alum on there too. Well, the thing about two alum is because it's the all-star team, you have to compare them against every other center back in the entire league. Yeah. Is bill in the top four of all the center backs in the entire league? I don't care. Yes. Fine. Yeah, uh, look at his I goals, say, man. I'd say there's an argument for Eric getting on. Yeah. Uh, but I don't. But he's want... only been recently playing, so a yeah. lot. Yeah. I also don't really want any Timbers on the All Star team because that's just a meaningless game that somebody could get hurt playing. Are we playing We're another? Is it? Are we still playing? Is it a Liga MX team or All Star Liga MX team? What is it? Who's, who's uh, the opponent? I think last I think year was the first year we did that. Yeah, are we I doing it again? Is what I'm game asking. Is. Yeah. yeah. Well, we don't I care just... about the All Star game. Let's just leave it at that. Uh, our three best players this year, Randy, go. Uh, Bill Tuiloma. <laughs> Dang it, I can't say Blanco. Um, and I, I. Uh, Man, I feel bad. I don't know. I don't know. That's all I can say. Santiago, I guess. That's mm. that's a half-baked Ooh. pick. Greg? 
Okay, I feel like you could have two completely different answers if we're talking about the current run versus the entire season. Yeah, it's a tough one to figure out. I was trying right to now. That like up. we want to say needs Goda because he's scored like three goals in the last four games, but he went a third of the season without even touching the damn ball. So yeah, it's recency really hard to bias say is no friend of mine. Yeah. Um, uh, Eric, 100%. He's been the different difference maker so far. Uh, Bill, I'm going to throw Bill in there. Uh, we could count on him when we really couldn't count on anyone else. Yeah. Um, and as long as Diego Char is on the team, he's going to be on that list. Like he does Those what he are does my three. silent deficiency. Yeah. What did I even say? Yeah, that sounds. Those sound like good picks. <laughs> you said something um, like Josh would say, so like Gareth Bale, uh, <laughs> Carlos Vela. A uh, shout out to Jose Carlos Van Rankin. Uh, he narrowly missed my top three, but you know, whatever. Are you serious? <laughs> no, I'm not fucking <laughs> yeah, serious. Oh my god, he's <laughs> that's what he's playing a lot better lately. He's since the break, he's been playing a lot better. Do you think yeah, he held and, out and, his good play until they extended him a, yeah. a loan extension? Yeah, I don't know, man. I guess we were. We, is that on our list? We're supposed to talk. We should have talked about that. Uh, the bottom three we, players as well. I, um, do we call that? Any of us call that when we were trying to figure out what was going to happen with with um, Van Rankin, whether or not we we're going to resign him? I I, I thought it made, if we were going to resign him, uh, we were only going to sign him for the rest of the season if we could. Um, that's, and that's so what, that's what that's we did. What we ex- yeah. We'll save that for the, for the transfer talk, but, oh, okay. um, uh, Greg, I'm in agreement with your top three. And I think, uh, again, Bill is the only one who has specifically earned him as a himself, a selection to the all-star team, but I don't think it will happen. They might, they might, I don't know. It's like the coach gets to pick some, you know, who's coaching it this year. No idea. See, yeah. journalism. No one fucking knows, dude. <laughs> we don't care. We don't. They might. They might be yeah. like you know. I don't know. He had a he had sort of high pro- profile on the international stage for a while. Yeah. All right. Uh, sorry, just got here on r slash Timbers has a multi parter. Part A. Needs go to future with the team as a DP since he has been playing well the last month, but Mora is coming back. Um. And the part two of that is Williamson filling the void for long-term as a playmaker in the middle that Valeri left. And will we be able to keep him if he continues to impress? All right. Ooh, good. Good two-parter. Let's, Randy, you want to go first? We'll, we'll start with needs go to, um, what's our journalism take on this? How, how long do we have him on contract? Oh, somebody know. on staff. Let me, get let me to journalism that. Where's our intern? Yeah. Um, I'm on it. I, I think, uh, I can't answer that question until I know that. I think it's a part of that depends on how well he does for the rest of the year. He was very lackluster at the beginning of the year. Um, Greg and I both think that's because he's a kind of player that needs good service and he's only just started to get that good service. And so he is showing how good he is. Um, he I think is we'll, under I think he'll stick around. December 31st, 2023. Yeah, so he's not going so, anywhere next year. Next season. Next season, okay, he'll still Greg? be with us. You know, to borrow a baseball term, you got to ride the hot hand. You, I can't imagine benching a guy who's converting at a 40% clip 
And like I said, scored three goals in the last four or five matches, whatever. And an um, assist. And an assist. Uh, Geo, I mean, he's played with a two up top system before, like maybe Mora and Nizgoda stacking, you know, Mora playing a step behind Nizgoda. I, I don't know, but Mora's going to take, you know, multiple games of building up his minutes. We're going to see him come in for a lot more eight minute stretches, 10 minute stretches. We might not see him get a full 90 until we're closing in on the playoffs. Um, so maybe they try to buy him down next year. Yeah. To make him not a DP. I don't know. Yeah, I, I would say happen. that buying his contract down as a TAM player makes the most sense. And Felipe Mora is under contract until December 31st, 2024. So Felipe Mora is definitely our striker of the next two seasons, assuming he's healthy. And Andor, if Nizgoda impresses the rest of this summer and can push his way to another team at the end of this season, that's also a possibility. Like maybe uh, we take a good run of form and, and sell him um, for, you know, to maybe another European team. I'm excited to see so, Mora come back. I'm glad that we're keeping him. We're going to, I'm gra- glad that we're easing into it. And I'm glad that so far Nizgoda can pick up that slack. I still, I still don't like Nizgoda on this team. Happy with the goals and the performance <laughs> as of late, but still the wrong fit for what we are doing. And then to the Williamson filling the void, I, Greg, I think you and me are on the same love train. And uh, Williamson's allowed to come to my house anytime he wants to and use the bidet, just putting it out there. <laughs> and I, my overall concern is the same one that I had you know, the past few years and had he not gotten a nasty injury, I think we would be having this conversation a lot sooner is I, I don't think he'll stay uh, in, in MLS. I think he's too good for this team. He's got to stay uninjured um, and, and have a, a continued consistent streak. But yeah, I like Williamson too. I don't like his beard, but I like the rest of them. I like the way what? he plays. <laughs> I'm not a fan of the beard. You don't man. like his beard? No. You're fucking so think, far wrong. I on think that beards is... like that look weird on sports guys. Athletics. It's just just it's just awkward. I mean, except for Borchers, I guess. Who's... Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. Uh, um, it's undeniable I... the impact Williamson's been having. Uh, but I don't think he's taking, he's filling Valeri's role. I think he's filling Darlington Nagby's role. I'll take that. Uh, I'll take that answer. And imagine how we'd be with a true Valeri like number 10 with an Eric behind him. Yeah. Is this, Ooh. is this the end of the Christian Paredes era? And that, uh, with Williamson healthy and Chara still destroying it? Or does this mean that this could be one of Diego Chara's last seasons as a full-time starter and that turns into a Paredes-Williamson era? Nah. You know, he, Chara hasn't started, hasn't slowed down. He's still he's still a starter. I mean, barring some injury or whatever, he's still going to be our starter. There's no – I mean, there never really was a Paredes era. Um, Paredes is good. He – uh, I mean, we're not going to get rid of him. I don't think we'll we'll keep him because we need to have 
a deep he's bench. He's a great depth piece. Yeah, and occasionally he's he's pretty excellent sometimes. So, um, no, I don't know what that question means. There's no Christian Paredes era to end. No, I, I brought up Christian Paredes. I mean, he's been playing pretty consistently and pretty well. And uh, I, 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 I mean maybe era is the incorrect word to use, but um, is he someone you keep when Diego Chara retires and you start alongside Williamson, assuming he is here? I think three years ago, they wanted Paredes to be Chara's heir apparent. Uh, Three years later, that's clearly not the solution. And maybe that's what this Ijala guy, uh, they're hoping to groom him to be the next era. <laughs> you just imagine they're just kicking, kicking the bucket down, like to the next presidential term. Like, well, <laughs> we got this guy. Sorry. Like secretly Diego Chara wants to retire, but he can't because nobody can fill his shoes. Right. Yeah. Paredes isn't going anywhere. He's good depth piece. He's, he's solid. Uh, anything more on this one before moving on? No, I say no. I say we're good. I like the All next right. question too. Nineteen L score show nineteen on R slash Timbers. How many points do you expect out of the rem- remainder of July and August? Uh, Maybe I'm play a fun over under game. Um, I'm going to interrupt this. All of a sudden, having this much lis- listener questions, it's just becoming a chore. Let's not do this again. <laughs> All Jesus right, fair Christ, enough. Randy. <laughs> just, just kidding. Come on, guys. Come on. <laughs> yeah. uh, for context, we have nine more matches through July and August. Five are at home, four are away. All but one are against Western teams. Three of those are SKC, San Jose, and Vancouver, who are all terrible. Uh, and then we play Toronto, who are also terrible. Um, Nashville, we... Minnesota, Dallas, and Seattle, Austin. How can we play SKC three more times? Is that right? Because the conferences aren't balanced. No, we don't ridiculous. play them three more times. Oh, three. Of, okay, three of which are the, standing. Okay, gotcha, of, gotcha. Three of the nine matches are against these three teams. Sorry. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right. I'm uh, I'm calling that we're going to pull out 21 points. 21 out of 27? Yeah, I think the Timbers are firing on all cylinders, and they got their midseason flair and – uh, it's that summer sunlight that just kicks them into the into the next level, and I uh, I think I think we can pull off twenty one points, which will put us in top half of playoff contention. Uh, uh, twenty one points, really? Fifteen. Uh, I say twenty points. Ooh, all right. Let me write these predictions down because if. If we don't hold ourselves accountable, this is no longer it's it's just not right. So this well, is let me look at this again. We need transparency. Tra- transparency. transparency points through August. I don't know if I spelled through correct, but I don't give a shit. So Randy, you said I'm gonna I'm gonna points. I'm gonna say seventeen. Okay. Uh Greg says twenty. Uh, and I said 21. What does Josh say? There's uh, points. Points? <laughs> I don't know. What are so points? What's this yeah. got to do with Chelsea? 
I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand what Frank Lampard said, so keep moving on. Um, but no, Josh, I think we have a really Under good, Josh, just good, put, we need ProRel. Yeah. We need Pro. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, actually. Uh, I, I am very excited. I think we are in a, in a really good spot um, uh, to take it away. And Greg, what is the last question? And we can make this part quick because we actually talked about it a little bit before. Wode 29 on r slash tempers wants to know what will Portland do during the summer transfer ugh, summer transfer window segue alert. Woo, this was on the agenda, the transfer window. And uh, I'm going to call out that I would really like for the timbers to actually pick up someone we've heard of. And I'm going to quote Danny Rose from an interview in like 2017 with Spurs and uh, I, I forget his exact quote, but it's I, I put the link in there and it's very funny because he basically says, I would love for Tottenham to not buy 10 players I've never heard of where I have to Google their name and instead get two or three players that we know can make an immediate impact. And I am on the the same uh, the same team as that. It's, you know, you, you see bringing in players like when LA Galaxy brings in Gareth Bale clearly known international huge player blah 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 you don't have to google his name to find out what his impact to the team can be and uh every player we have signed we have we pretty much have to google say who the hell is that like david ajala and you're like who the hell is that yeah it might be a really good business piece in two years if he starts to do well and uh and then eventually makes a transfer to um, you know, they sell them or blah, blah, blah. I get it. They're running a business, but it's, we have enough money. We have enough of a fan base to bring in a huge international. And that's what, that's what I would like to see. I'm going to say, gonna yeah, my guess is we're not going to sign anybody. Oh, Jesus. Really? That kind of yeah, just broke I mean, my heart a little bit. Why haven't we, I'm not saying that's what I want to happen, but I'm saying, I mean, there we have. Uh, there haven't even been any rumors, have there? No, none yeah. that I'm aware of. No. I mean, if any first team contracts are extended, they're going to bring up someone from T2 as a depth piece. Uh, yeah, they'll bring yeah. up uh, the guy from Fakasha. <laughs> That's yeah. Gavin's style. You know, he he signs people that we've never heard of, and he protects abusers. Like those are the two things we can count on him for. So <laughs> I keep forgetting that he's an abuser. Thanks for bringing that back up because that needs to stay on the on the tongue of everyone as we discuss our love of the the Timbers. But I... uh, shout out to whoever brought those banners to the Seattle match. The um, Merritt Paulson protects abuser banner. And- Megan Raybone. Oh, did she get kicked out for former, that, or was it former guest of the pod? I don't know if she got yeah. kicked out, but uh, she, she was one of. Go ahead. Greg. No, you uh, she did not get kicked out. She almost got kicked out. Uh, they did have to take down the Merritt Paulson protects abusers banner, and she caught video of Jim on the phone with uh, Seattle's head of security. And you hear him say something like it violates MLS code of conduct or something ridiculous like that. Uh, uh, Somebody had a, had a play by play transcribe or transcription of that. They said something to the effect of we're not allowed to make each, we, we, we're not supposed to make each other look bad or something like that. So ridiculous, dude, but they don't make each other look bad. They already made themselves look bad. And Gavin Wilkinson and Merritt Paulson and Mike 
Golem, uh, even though it's Golub, but uh, they can all go fuck themselves. Uh, so you, and- did you guys see that meme that somebody had done with the what's that with a the little monkey pup that looks sideways? You know, it's like the everything's going. Yes, 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 yes. It was about uh, Freddie Montero. Yeah, some it was a, oh, another yeah. salty Seattle customer saying, "Well, at least we don't protect ab- protect abusers." And then it was, for, meanwhile, Freddie Montero. Yeah, averting his eyes. Oh, that was a good one. Me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so anyway, back to the transfer window question. Timber priorities. I personally, this uh, I would like to see a right back, uh, a central defender, and uh, a notable international, potentially a keeper. That's what I would focus on, but uh, I think if anything is likely in in any of that, I'm going to go back to what Randy said, which is nothing. Yeah. yeah. Greg, any, any comments? Uh, you know what? Of everything you just named, sure, I'd like to see uh, a keeper that we can really rely on. We know they've handed all their trust over to Ivacic. They're determined to trust him come hell or high water. He had a couple good saves in Seattle. Some of them just seemed to be like he would have had to jump out of the way. It was more like they hit him point blank and it, and it, it went off. It went out of the way. Um, he Jedi mind tricked that one ball up over the bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. This is not the goal oh. you were looking for. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a patch now. God damn it. So yeah, Ivacic is a, uh, is a is a um what's the word i'm looking for if a fair goalie or, or serviceable goalkeeper as long yeah. as as long as our back line is not shambles yeah agreed so i mean again it's a bummer to think that we probably won't land anyone huge and I don't know if you guys saw, but there's like rumors that Luis Suarez is considering coming to MLS and he has offers from between six and eight teams. And his quote was, you know, I, you know, would love to do this, but I have to make sure that I'm going to play for a team that's going to make the playoffs so that I'm prepared for when the World Cup happens. And if they're not going to make the playoffs, then I can't take two months off, you know, before the the World Cup starts. I have to stay in shape. So um, I would love it if Luis Suarez would come to Portland. I would love for him to play against LAFC later this year at home and bite Helene one more time and have that be our our, our guy. So, uh, but around the league, uh, so the Lorenzo Insigne to Toronto is obviously done with the transfer window opening, uh, and they in turn have traded Alejandro Pezuelo to Inter Miami to clear up a DP spot. So a lot of movement should be happening from there. We talked about Gareth Bale and Giorgio Hellini, and I guess we didn't get correct on how to pronounce it from Steph, so I'm just going to keep destroying it. Um, and Greg, your your reaction of the – wait, he's a TAM player? Uh, yeah. Is pretty much the, the reaction heard around the world with the Philly coach calling bullshit on the TAM deal. And he was like, he made $38 million last year. Like, why would he come to L.A.? Uh, for considerably less, um, and uh, for I think so they said on. it was like one. What was it? One point six million or something dumb like that. Yeah, and bought down with Tam because it's like half the year, and you know, blah blah blah. And so you know, Randy, kind of like what you and I both said on the last podcast. It's like it's it's going to be a backloaded contract if he continues on past this, but. Uh, really interesting. That's, that's cooking. That's cooking the books, man. Do we do we abide by that? Are we okay with cooking the books? 
I mean, no, it's bullshit. Technically, have, but they haven't technically broken any rules, or have they? Clearly, they haven't because they're they they've done it, and they're like pulling in players of that level in caliber. Um, like that's clearly going to get some uh, a second set of eyes. I bet, I bet like, Miami's so- like. You guys better pay attention to what's going on. Miami's like, follow the money, follow the money. After they're yeah. after they get busted, <laughs> that's the Josh. That's the Josh thing. Follow the money, man. Follow the money. Yeah. Um, but you know, for as shitty as our owners are as human beings in terms of you know protecting abusers and you know uh, not taking care of the women who are part of the thorns, uh, I. It's weird that they would try to follow all the rules of MLS from a you know salary cap structure where they you know let go of Jeremy Obobasi because they couldn't make it work. But anyway, whatever. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I still think Gareth Bale is going to destroy MLS. Um, I was disappointed to see he did not play against the Galaxy this uh, during the the El Trafico. But uh, and then the last two interesting moves, obviously Hector Herrera to Houston, which is quite interesting again proven international tons of experience uh and i was listening to grant wall's podcast earlier and uh, they were discussing how the fan base in houston is starting to show up which is very interesting and maybe a player like hector herrera is where you spend your money and get that type of you know button seat uh type of attendance to see a huge international and then the last one that was notable as of the past couple of days is Wayne Rooney is going to be the new DC United head coach, leaving is his beloved Derby, Derby County. Is that settled? That's a done deal. Uh, that's what I saw as of last night from the athletic. They were just finalizing uh, terms, but he's in DC doing that negotiation right now. Um, that's uh, weird. Is that the, weird? It's so not really considering where he was coaching and they had that massive, like they were deducted 21 points for some type of, you know, financial bullshit. And so they're getting, you know, relegated to league one to play with my Uh. beloved Ipswich town. And so I'm sure he could have ended up somewhere else, but maybe he really liked DC. So I'll, I'll take it. I think it's exciting. And um, he can clearly attract a caliber of player uh, as a manager, just given his reputation. So it's fun. I'm, I meant more from DC's standpoint. Is it weird for them to hire him as a coach? I think so. But uh, they fired their coach earlier this season, and then they uh, they had I forget the guy's name who was basically like the placeholder, and there was thought that he was going to get a shot at it, and then it turns out it's going to be Wayne Rooney. Hmm. All right. Uh, the last thing I think we have to do here before we hit the closing song is to talk about our predictions for the. Oh wait. Well, the, no, actually, we have to talk about because we claim to cover soccer, all kinds of soccer. Um, Thorns drew two-two against the rain on the road in a game that was played at Lumen Field, which um, a little bit disappointing that they didn't do a double header like they did last year with the. The, the Thorns match immediately preceding the Timbers match. They should have. They. I don't know why they didn't do it this time. Maybe it had something to do with the rivalry week thing. But they they played in the same city the day after each other. I did not watch that game because I was again at the PCU tournament. Uh, Greg, what about um, PDXFC news? I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, PDXFC loses their sixth match in a row, four 0 against Lane United at home. Um, we have 
two more matches this season. Uh, we have a the last home match is against Olympia on Friday at seven, 5 p.m. I got to double check that. That's uh, a that's a PVSP uh, live broadcast or massive listener blowout party. Ooh, girl, when is <laughs> okay, that? Hey, that's a thing now. Uh, and then the season ends on Sunday, uh, July 17th up in Ballard. So is, uh, is Adi actually coaching those matches? I have not seen him at a match in a month. Have you seen him at a match Dude, ever? The... Somebody else did. I wasn't oh. at a match with him there, but. Oh, okay. Uh, he came to one of the ones that I missed. It's been weird, man. The head coach left in the middle of the season to go to Wales to get his UEFA coaching license. Huh. Which, I mean, Max good Batson? for him. We should. Yeah, uh, no, not Max, Luke. We should uh, message him that list of all time greatest Welsh bands. Yeah, we totally should. Um, yeah, it's been a rough season, but I don't know. We'll, we'll when the season's over, we'll have a full uh, Metal Arcs episode, I think. So join us. Yeah, join us on Friday for the listener blowout uh, extravaganza. I'll be there. Greg will be there. Yep, we'll tweet the uh, details. This Friday. Later. Yep. I will not so be I'll, there. Uh, Josh won't be there either. I'll, Was he coming back? I'll be in Boston. He should be on a plane right now. Okay. Should be yeah, on a plane. I will be I would be in Boston. What's going on in Boston? Work. I leave. I got home yesterday last night from Kentucky at after 10 p.m. and I'm leaving today or tomorrow morning for Boston for work for the rest of the week. All right. Uh predictions. Randy, we're do so our next match, match is versus Va- Yeah, Sunday. Um, oh, I said it was 7-11. That is the incorrect date because today is 7-11. That might be a good name for the episode. Uh, but next uh, next Sunday, what is your what is your prediction? Uh, at home, it's going to be 3-1 win. Okay. I am going to call a again i think it's going to be another cracker and i think it's just going to be us on the on the winning end of that and i'm going to call it a 4-0 win ooh 4-0 is what Greg. i was going to call it so now that i can't i'll say 4-1 win uh josh there's a non- game on sunday non sequitur M- motorcycles <laughs> tacos <laughs> I like turtles. White people taco night. <laughs> uh, White people next match. It's the following week, uh, San Jose at home. Um, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, two one win. Ooh, I like it. Uh, I'm gonna say two one. Ah, no, I can't. Uh, I'm gonna say blah, three to one win. I think this is one of the points that we drop next this oh. month. So I say two to one loss. And Josh? Something about his dad being loud in the other room. His dad <laughs> is annoying. White people taco night. Um all right. Well, I, I think I think we hit it. Um Greg, why don't you give us the closing song? Or actually, All right. do we do closing song and then the stuff? What's the stuff? 
We have a playlist. Voicemail 503 583 4235. Facebook, Portland Vanity, Twitter, PDX Vanity Soccer, Instagram, Portland Vanity. So, RG Bargy by Cox We have an email. Yes, portlandvanity at gmail.com. And Radio Free PVSP on Spotify. Uh, it was going to be my turn to pick a song, but E2C47 on Reddit asked for more Coxbar, and that's what we're going to give you. So, RG Bargy by Coxbar. All right, guys. We're out. See ya. Started up like any other show. Sunny nights on the radio. Terry played the songs we wanted to hear. And Terry said things no one else would dare. He gave it all that he had to give. They said it was his only reason to live. But we just listened to the rock and roll. Of the morning round, the old found out. I don't know how. We know they tried to lock us up that night, and we were ready for a fight. Terry came on to the air and team. He said the field were waiting for a scene. Down at the blackboard, they were there in force, and he was right, of course. Give me some OG, OG. So, uh, I, uh, I totally lost my wording there. <clears throat> Going to edit this out. 38 minutes. Um, bef- oh yeah. Before we keep talk more about the salty customers, um, I just wanted to mention, I can't remember if I talked this already, but we talked briefly about it in the Nashville match. I did, didn't I? They were, they took a mature, but boring stance of trying to sit on the lead instead of yeah, mm-hmm. I did, man. Oh, that's the Alzheimer's and the ARP for me. <laughs> I can't even Randy, remember something very, I said 10 minutes ago. You're a very young 91. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>